Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999. I'm your host, Phil Iscove, and with us today is past and present and future guest, Stacey Traub, uh, former EP writer on Blackish and EP showrunner of The Real O'Neills, and recently just finished working on Daisy Jones and the Six for Amazon. Thank you for coming back, Stacey, to talk about Sex and the City, episode 208, The Man, The Myth, The Viagra. Uh, I believe one of the standout episodes of the second season, for sure. Um, so I guess my question is, let's rewind a little bit to 99, um, and maybe even 98 sex and the mm-hmm. city. How did it come into your life? Um, were you immediately a fan? Did it take time to grow on you? How did it, how do you feel about it now? Looking back at it immediately? Um, first of all, hi, thanks for having hi. me of again. Course, of course. <laughs> um, uh, immediately a fan watched it in real time. Um, I was, I was 28. Yeah. In 99. Yes. And so I was just like, it was such a sweet spot. Um, I actually got married in 99. So I wasn't going through like exactly what the ladies were going through and they were like slightly older than me, but, um, yeah, like definitely relatable. You know, I get, you know, it's weekly viewing. It's back when you couldn't binge anything. You had to wait. You had to wait for the episode. And um, when I watched this episode, I literally, I remember it like it was yesterday. Like I just, <laughs> I can't, I was just blown away that it really took me back. It's such a sweet spot. Such a sweet spot. Like right at the end, I was like, this I wrote this episode was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it really, I mean, so 
I guess what what I, I I there's a lot of things I want to talk about with you. Obviously, um, yeah, you know, having written comedy, um, and also uh, just sort of the honestly the the female component, the idea of this show breaking a lot of ground and being a really sort of game changing series. You know, there there were obviously shows with female protagonists before it, but you know this this show sort of unabashed um, empowerment of being a single woman was not necessarily something we had seen to this degree before. Um, you know, yeah. I, I've, I've talked about it on previous episodes and obviously I want to talk about it with you, but you know, there's, <clears throat> I can't imagine what it must've been like to be a female writer and to watch this show. And, and, you know, similarly, I thought about what it would be like when the Sopranos hit too, like both these shows really rocked, television's foundations of what you were and were not allowed to do on TV. And with this show, you know, I think that for the first time you were sort of allowed to have a, if we're being honest, a little bit of an unlikable female protagonist, you know, a character that was allowed to be messy and allowed to sort of make mistakes. Um, what was that like to, to see as, as, you know, a burgeoning writer? Um, it, well, first of all, I, what I, what I think the show does so well and we hadn't seen before. Um, and then looking back at it again, not only does it show, you know, really kind of the gritty underside of dating and, and what it is to be single. I mean, certainly Miranda's story starts off really it's brutal, but I, I think the show the how it shows female friendships you'd you'd like never seen that before you know like ugh, it was just female friendships always felt like slightly fake or very easy and i think what the show does is show how fucking complicated female friendships are like how essential they are but you know in this one miranda um like uh carrie stands up miranda so that because big is cooking and I realized, like, I don't even think they wrap that story up. You know, I, I, I think it's just an issue where she's like, hey, we're supposed to meet. And she's like, yeah, I'm not coming. And like, that's like a big, that was a big moment. And it wasn't nice of Carrie, but it was just very real, you know, and it was just showing that the relationship with Big was starting to take over and take away from the friendships and that's always what happens, right? I mean, when you get into a, a serious relationship, your friendships suffer. I just thought they showed that in such a real way. And also, what the other thing that they did great was you've got four women who all have kind of different points of view, you know, on everything, politics, dating, men, motherhood, all of that. And that so it just allows them to discuss the issues and they can fight about it, but you know, they're just, they're still going to remain friends. I mean, sometimes they did. I mean, sometimes there were splits and then they would, they would make up and stuff, but like, that's some kind of complicated shit to, you know, to do in a comedy, a hundred percent, you know, and to, and to keep all of them still likable. Right. Um, and obviously well, it's funny you say gonna, that because, yeah. There's there's two there's two things that you said there that I that I want to unpack because I think they're they're paramount to the show. The first being, you know, the the relationship between Miranda, uh, Carrie, and Miranda 
is I would I would argue the most interesting relationship on the show. Um, and you can see it from this is really kind of the first real friction point that we see and it's kind of thrown away a little bit when she when she uh blows her off for big making veal but uh-huh. um it then comes back again in I, I believe it's in in season uh three or four uh where um Miranda throws her neck out and Aiden has to go over to her place and she's naked on her bathroom floor and he has to help her. And then Carrie goes over with bagels. And I've, I've talked about this in other writers rooms, the bullshit bagels. Cause like they're not, she doesn't bring cream cheese. They're not even the good bagels. Like it's clearly just an excuse to be able to talk to Miranda about her own problems. And Miranda literally says, these are bullshit bagels. Right. And, and it really does feel like they, and by they, I mean the writers, really understand that 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 relationship is the spine of the show. Because when the end of the series, you have Carrie going away to Paris and Miranda telling her that you're living in a fucking fantasy, like that is the spine of the show. Um, And I think that to your point, the friendships and the relationships between these women is, if I'm being honest, more interesting than the relationships with the men more times than not. And, and to your point, the, the sort of the nucleus of the show. The other thing that you mentioned that I think is worth noting too is I think that this show, despite the fact that some things have aged badly and the show is very white and it has yes, lots of you know, is a problem. issues on that front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and ride for that, obviously. Um, but I do think that the show is, is maligned a little bit for the superficiality. But I think there's actually a lot going on in this show and that it looks very sort of you know, fashion forward and all the various things that the show has has in its DNA. But I think there's a lot actually going on in the show and it's a lot richer than people give it credit for. I, yeah, I've never thought of it as superficial. When I watched it again, I was like, wow, this is certainly wish fulfillment, you know, in such yeah. a great way, yeah. like the bars and the clubs and the cosmos and the clothes sure. and the shoes and and just New York as this kind of playground, certainly. Um but yeah, I mean, I think it's always, to me, it's always been kind of like deep and dealt with like real, real shit. So, um, I don't think those people are right, That <laughs> it's super, and I, I, don't I, I guess, I guess what I, know what, the show. what I, <laughs> for, yeah, those people are, are wrong, but. Oh, the other thing that I, I, I guess my, my, my point is more about the fact that I think that yeah, sorry, go. No, the thing that I was going to say is I also came to this interesting <laughs> – I'm calling my thought interesting before I've said it um, – conclusion that it's very it, – I've been watching tons of Real Housewives in, in, in this lockdown because I just – I don't want to watch um, – you know, I don't want to watch the news. And I, I just – it's – Real Housewives is very wish fulfillment because they're constantly going on trips. And in a way, it feels like Sex and the City is kind of like – Real Housewives of New York is, feels like a spinoff in a weird way, like a, or a reboot, because it's like it's these women together. It's wish fulfillment. It's their friendships. It's you know, it starts off there in New York. They all have relationships. And then by the season you're in now, we're in now of New York. They're all divorced and single. You know what I mean? And they're, they all have different. I don't know. It's just it, it feels having just been watching a lot of Housewives lately. I don't know that you'd have housewives without sex in the city. I I fully agree. I mean, I I and I don't say this in a in a uh, in a shitty way, but I, I don't watch uh, the housewife you, I shows. But I expect I, you to. <laughs> you don't have to. Um, but 
but I think that the unfortunate takeaway from this show, there were a lot of takeaways from the success of this show, some of them good, some of them bad. I think that unfortunately, some people think that the show was audacious for the sake of being audacious, which I do not think that it was. Mm-hmm. I think that the show was always very hyper aware of what it was saying, not just about dating and women and what have you, but about letting your freak flag fly and any sexual predilections that you might have and, and not not feeling any shame about the person that you are. I think that that was always a very important part of the show. And I think that unfortunately, a lot of people took away from it. You know, I don't want to say any shows in particular, although one does sort of come to mind, but shows where it's just sort of like sex for the sake of sex, as opposed to actually a commentary on something. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, that's, that's an unfortunate by, you know, byproduct of the show. In a way, it feels like to me, like the Samantha character, obviously she carried a lot of like the sex stories, but mm-hmm. to me, it's about like Miranda has a baby, you know, and, and isn't with the guy. And um, then remember Charlotte, you know, in later seasons is married and can't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. Samantha gets cancer. I mean, like they deal with real stuff that women deal with. And like, yeah, then there's some frothy. The, the, for, Cause the, I think the first season wasn't, was it six or eight? It was like, no, it was kind of a short season. It was short. It was like, it was like 10 or something. Like that. Cause I remember watching it, you know, I watched the very first one. I, I remember like where I was and, you know, it felt very light when they started and was like, Oh, this is just going to be like date awkward date of the week. Or, you know, each one's going to have a a weird, funny story. Um, But I think it very quickly became something more because they were doing Mm -hmm. arcs and, you know, dealing with, well, once they started dealing with the big thing, obviously, but you know, now we luckily got to watch the episode where we're introduced to Steve and that was a big, long mm-hmm. story and arc throughout the yeah. rest of it, you know, where they were together. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, it, it certainly feels like the show turns a page going into season three where it becomes about longer relationships. You have Carrie in a in a you know, sub- substantive relationship with Aiden. You have Miranda with Steve. You have... Charlotte with Trey. Um, so it, it really starts, they really start to unpack the idea. Cause to me, I think smartly, they realize basically by the end of the season, you know, we, we just can't have a new guy every week. Like as funny as it is at a certain point, it, it's not believable. And, and, and as I'm sure you've noticed, you know, in this episode, I guess a little bit, but just sort of the rounding off of stories, the quickly getting rid of guys, you know, just the the idea of just sort of having to get in and out of these things. Um, So once they start to really dig into these longer relationships, you get to see, honestly, just richer character dimension. Yeah. But um, so this particular episode, I'll give a brief synopsis for those who haven't watched it. A frustrated Carrie tries to get big to make time to meet the girls. Miranda meets Steve Brady, a cute bartender who wants to be more than a one night stand. Samantha dates an incredibly wealthy man in his seventies, uh, with a sumptuous lifestyle and a pocket full of Viagra. The man, the myth, the Viagra aired on July 25th, 1999. It was written by Michael Patrick King, uh, and directed by Victoria. I want to say Hodgeberg. It's Hawkberg. And I have a story about her cause I know her. Hawkbury. Can't wait. Can't, cannot wait. Yeah. Um, 
I will just very quickly just uh, say that Vulture ranked this number nine of 96 episodes, uh, saying we'll ignore Donald Trump's clunky cameo and focus on the tear-jerking ending. Big continues to be infuriatingly ambivalent about his relationship with Carrie until he shows up despite pouring Ray to meet her and her friends for dinner. And Miranda resists bartender Steve's every sweet attempt at a real relationship after a one-night stand until Big's arrival shows her she's wrong about men and she runs out into the rain to kiss Steve. Rain. It makes every rom-com better. I, you know, I, I want to just talk kind of, <coughs> okay. excuse me. <coughs> See, you're choked okay. up. I, I, I did cry at the end. <laughs> you emotional. Um, I'm very emotional. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, unfortunately, um, so yes, yeah. Okay. So what I want to kind of talk about at a macro level is, um, the notion of a rom-com and this show, because mm-hmm. on some level, I feel as though it's trying to kind of deconstruct ideas of what we consider to be a romantic comedy, or at least what sort of is held up as the sort of uh, the best romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode in particular feels like the perfect opportunity to kind of like this show is like literally commenting on the notions of the knight in shining armor that sweeps in at the last moment, the idea of, you know, running out into the rain to kiss the man that you love or whatever the case might be, or woman, you know, yeah. obviously gender doesn't matter, but it, it's really sort of playing with those notions, but it's also buying into them. So like, I guess it's, it's trying to have its cake and eat it too. And I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts about that. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, I, I wrote down what I what I loved was that the dovetail between the Miranda and Carrie story, right? So like Miranda, you know, Miranda's story starts with she's on a date, a kind of a date from hell. She's at a comedy club, which makes it extra hellish. My fucking God. <laughs> Can I just say that one time I went, yeah. Hunter and I went to... Hunter, my husband, and I went to the comedy <laughs> store because his cousin was going up or something. And we sat quite close to the stage. And the first guy came oh, out gosh. and the guy wasn't funny. And I think I audibly said after a joke, I just went, no. Like, <laughs> I just... <laughs> and, and Hunter was like, they can hear you. Like... <laughs> and I was like, okay... And so then, so so then I was like, kind of watching myself, but then I was kind of just shaking my head, no. And he kept looking at me like, "What the? What are you doing?" And I was like, "Okay." So then I had to kind of tell myself, (laughs) like, pretend you're in, you know, because when I'm on shows, we, you know, you go to auditions, and I would never do that to an actor in audition. I would always laugh no matter what. And I was like, "Okay, pretend you're in audition. Just smile and laugh." And then I kind of got it. So, um. It brought me when I saw that scene. I was like, "Oh yeah, Jesus, that's that's rough." Um, but yeah, she's on this kind of shitty date, and yeah. the guy's married, and she's like fed up. As you know, when you date, it is very easy to get fed up. It, it it's it's hard it's hard to find the yeah. one, and it's I think it's also really hard when you're looking. But if you're then if you're not looking, you don't feel like you're trying and. You know, so it's a real push pull that you could see she was going through and she's so Miranda jaded about the whole thing, which is fair. And, you know, the <laughs> even when Steve tries to pick her up, you know, 
she's just kind of not yeah. going for it. And he, he perseveres, which I love about Steve. Um, so I just thought it was so interesting that like, whereas Carrie is trying to say to Miranda, there, there can be love. We can believe in it. These bigger things. Um, and she's, she's like, it's different now with big, right? She's like, we've passed. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's a feeling. And Miranda's not buying it. And then, of course, at first, Big doesn't come through. So Carrie's now questioning it, too. So then that I just love that Big showing up served two purposes, making Carrie, first of all, not feel like a crazy person um, and allowing her to get that win, but then showing Miranda that it's possible, you know, and and Miranda going, yeah, why don't I give it a shot? Because any relationship you 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 have to kind of suspend disbelief and go for it i mean that's what like i'm married for a second time you, you have to like <laughs> you <laughs> i know marriage yeah. is then right but i'm like oh, you know we'll tr- give it a shot we'll try again you have to believe in it so that's what i think well that that, yeah. that really kind of i mean that that feeds into i mean the theme of the episode um ultimately is do people need to believe in myths in order to keep dating, right? It's it's deluding yourself and believing that there's a possibility of someone being out there for you. Right. Otherwise, you know, why does anybody try? Um, and, and to your point, you have this sort of these dual storylines that are both speaking to the same thing and are both ultimately delusional in their own way. Now, they both have happy endings at the end of this episode and ultimately at the end of this series as well. But th- there's something about that sort of... Um, the levels of delusion that you need to, to first of all, just to be a, a human being. I think we all need to delude ourselves into, into being successful or being whatever, you know I mean? Like you just right. have to, you have to put that carrot right. on the end of a string for yourself. But, you know, in this particular episode, it feels like they're really sort of, um, as the series does from time to time, tries to have its cake and eat it too. Um, but I, I think that it's pretty successful in doing so. Yeah. I think that let's you know, let's yeah. not forget also the club is named denial, right? Yes. They and yes. so you're saying deluded, but it's a different word for denial. Same same yeah. idea, and they play off of all that. Yes. And plus, Samantha's storyline is also of that theme, right? Which oh, is yeah. is it? Am I really going to date someone? I guess at that point he's probably 30 years older than her, 25, whatever. I don't know how old she was at that moment, but, um, you know, he's old, he, he's old <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to, uh, why, why not? Like I can, like, there's this line, um, I think it's like all cats look the same in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And yeah, so like, had yeah. she not, I, I mean, I'm not going to blow it because you've already said the thing. Had she not seen the guy's ass, who knows? You know, she. I I I, I do think though. You know, the the I, I want to kind of take it storyline by storyline, sure. um, just to sort of uh, just to kind of um, distill it a little bit. But essentially, the episode opens with Carrie and Big going out to dinner at some cliche Italian restaurant. Yep. Basically, it's the Italian restaurant from Lady and the Tramp. Um, Big knows the owner. Um, and Big calls Carrie his girlfriend. She says, you've never called me your girlfriend before. Big says, sure, I have, just not to your face. I really honestly don't understand why anyone likes Big. He's such a prick. Like, he I think is he's just gross. But horrible. Anyway. He's, I don't, I, that was my, that was probably my biggest takeaway. My biggest 
Two things. <laughs> One, I yeah. can't believe she was allowed to smoke so much. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? It's so yeah. shocking yeah. to see her smoking. And then she's yeah. smoking again when he's cooking. I'm like, get away from the food. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. That was, and two was like, oh, Big is really not that great. Mm-hmm. His suit is bad in that scene. His singing isn't that great. It's really, I, I was like, oh, it's, Big. Well, because it really, this episode to me, and maybe it was trying to sort of to really hit the ending hard. But up until the end, it's all about him. Look at me singing. Look at me cooking for you. Me, me, me. Mm. It's all about me. Um, and even just like, sure, I have just not to your face is also selfish. Like not allowing her to hear him call her his girlfriend is also selfish. That was it, such it, a, it was crazy. fucking mean. Like, I mean, someone... I don't know. Like if she, obviously she's in a weak position in their relationship, but if she Mm. wasn't, you'd be like, okay. And get up and leave. (laughs) Yes. Like I want to see that. If someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh, cool. Bye. Yeah. Like what? I don't understand. Anyway. Um, So then we see. They're setting up. Then we see Miranda um, going on this date to this comedy club, which you, uh, the terrible stand up. Yeah. her her date goes to the bathroom his phone goes off she picks up the phone and of course like the the comedian sees this as an opportunity to be able to sort of i don't know pick on her um he picks up the phone it's the wife blah 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 the scene's great to your point because it's brutally uncomfortable and has a great turn like that's really kind of all you can ask for out of a out of a out of a scene um and uh then the next day miranda and the ladies talk about how much men lie Yes. Um, and this idea of uh, the myth, how easily the myth of happily ever after. The myth. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that idea of, uh, you know, they talk about running out into the rain. They talk about all the things that ultimately they're going to do at the end of the episode. Right. Um, then Charlotte says that Big has changed and Carrie tries to defend her relationship with Big. Now, I, I guess this this is where I really feel like. And it's a testament to, to to Sarah Jessica Parker's performance. She's always great, but she's, I think, best when Carrie is the most conflicted. Mm-hmm. And it feels like when she's at that conversation with them, where she's trying to defend this relationship, even knowing in her heart that she's not 100% sure that he actually really has changed. Right. And I think she conveys that really, really well in the scene. Yeah. Even with Miranda berating her. Um, yeah. So, I, I and, and that scene really sort of, unpacks a lot of the notions that we were talking about of of the myth of of i guess men being good sort yeah of general can idea. i also just as a commentary Please. um looking mm-hmm. back 20 years um yes they their faces are so beautiful there's no filler in their lips it it yeah. it it, it you know, they look like real people. Like, it is so refreshing. (laughs) You know, I just, it, 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 it's so sad because, you know, women, I mean, it's not, I don't know. It's just, everyone has to put like all this shit in their face and people are doing it younger and younger. And there, you know, they probably range, they're all at least 35, right? I mean, yeah, they're probably... They must be, right? Yeah. Got to be in the, maybe, around that age, yeah. 
maybe maybe a little younger. Maybe Charlotte isn't. Maybe she's a little. She. I mean, she looked so young, but for sure, <laughs> you know, Kim Cattrall is at least forty. I don't know. It was just like, again, it, it made me very nostalgic. It's really weird. I'm I'm writing um a feature right now. It's kind of time travel, and and the the character goes back to ninety nine. Um, for, for several, for several plot reasons, but, um, you know, there, there's something, so I don't know. It was just, I love, I I might be watching all of them now that I watched this one. I might just have to sit down and watch them all. It's an, it's, I would, I would argue it might be the show that is most bingeable in the sense that, when I start, I kind of can't stop. I have to watch yeah. at least a bunch of them. It's it's pretty crazy, and it's it is dated, but the ideas aren't 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 really dated. And I will say that it is a show that if it's on, you know, if I happen to be, you know, not binging something and I'm clicking around and I find it, I'm watching it. You know, there's there. I can't mm-hmm. remember what station you play it like at 11 11 30 at night but like oh it's it's e that plays it literally right plays. yes and so like if i'm if i'm <laughs> especially i think if i'm out of town and you're you don't have mm-hmm. like all your shows ready to go and you're just mm-hmm. on the actual cable but anyway yes i mean i wanted to i also i to to your point about you know their looks and i, I don't mean that to sound bad no, i just mean fair. in terms of like the aesthetic i i think that there's something interesting about the fact that carrie is kind of allowed to look like a bit of a mess mm-hmm. for the first couple seasons. And then it becomes sort of, and when I say a mess, I mean that lovingly. Like I yeah. love that her hair is tussled. I love that she, she's wearing that like weird, dirty kind of fur coat thing that yeah. she wears for like a good chunk of the first two seasons. I like that she's grungy is the wrong word, but just that there's this kind of this messiness to her yeah. that is allowed to, uh, be personified in, in the clothes she wears and the way that she does herself that goes away at a certain point. And, and I, I, and, and I don't think that, that necessarily is a bad thing. I think it's perhaps more of an indication of Carrie slowly, but surely trying to get her shit together. Um, I think that it, it, it might very well be that, but. Well, I think it's also the, um, as the show gets more popular, the budgets get bigger. I don't know. Like it, it just definitely, I do like that they're all a little less polished because again, it feels real that women, I mean, it was always a huge buy that a woman who writes one article a week lives in this beautiful (laughs) apartment and can afford $400. This life. Yeah. Pairs of shoes. That was always kind of a fun, again, that's totally wish fulfillment for all of them. But, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it, the, the fact that it's just, it's got a little, dirt on it is 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 good because it's also when you're that age that's the way it is you don't have 15 different coats to go out in you bought one coat that's like your coat for for the winter and like whatever like it just again it i i think it really grounds it but any show you know it they just get bigger budgets and it becomes more about what was she wearing in this episode and that's just kind of what what happens no, totally. I, I I guess it's also it feels like because you have that episode near the top of this season where she's on the cover of New York magazine and she's smoking the cigarette yeah. and she looks just haggard and insane. Um 
it, it, this is the season that they sort of embrace that the most, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And then as, as she sort of gets into deeper relationships, perhaps, and, and, and more money comes into the budget, the show becomes a little bit, they, they, they gussy her up a little but bit. But I have to say, it's funny you say that because I wrote down when she, when she gets home after lunch and she starts writing the article, I wrote, I've never looked that good while I was writing. <laughs> There's an amazing tweet that I will send you that I retweeted the other day um, that someone said what people think it looks like when you're writing yes. and what it actually is like when yes. you're writing. And one of them is like Carrie just, you know, at her computer and the other one's her just like eating a cup of noodles. And there's just like there is something to the idea of the way it glamorizes. Oh, writing. my God. Like her hair. But it's, it's tousled, <laughs> but it's perfectly tousled. She's yeah. curled up <laughs> one knee up on the chair, kind of that's, half that's. <laughs> angled. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. n- n- no, that's not what it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, at this point, she also. Uh, oh, sorry, I just we, had to say. Also, yeah, there's please. never writer's block. She always has the idea right never. at her fingertips. Of course, yeah, we're watching yeah. her write the article, but I mean, that talk about wish fulfillment. You could just sit down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that too, because I feel like it's worth noting at this point. You know, they they thankfully get rid of Carrie breaking the fourth wall. Um, Thankfully, at the top of this yes. season. Yes. Oh my God, I forgot about that. That was bad. That almost. <laughs> yes. No, I'm now because I was like, there was something in the first season that drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. God damn it! Or she also like interviewed people on the street. Yes. Yes. Like in yes. a weird yes. Annie Hall type. No, 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 no. Yes. yes that yes. was. Yeah. Oh God, that was bad. They 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 thankfully realize that all they need is the VO. Right. Yes, and yeah, her typing yeah. that gets them what they need. Um, and and we're all thankful for it because I, I personally think that the talk they actually do man on the street stuff up until like halfway through this season, um, which is which is bad, too. Um, wow. there, it's it's and I don't I don't want to throw this at, at the feet of Darren Star too much because I think that he had obviously a lot to do with the success of this show. Yeah. But I do think that a lot of his instincts are a little bit more sort of in your face, I guess is the best way to put it. And that Michael Patrick King's instincts are a lot more sort of depth. And I'm just thankful that, you know, they pivoted towards more character stuff and away from the showy stuff. Well, we have to also remember it was a book, right? Yes. So they're also trying to get, and the book was essays, you know what I mean? So they're coming at it from a different angle. So I, I understand why they started there. But when you say the, the addressing camera, it's funny because I immediately just went to like Fleabag and, yes. you know, first episode of Fleabag when she starts talking to camera, I, I think I probably flash back to like Sex in the City going, oh no, yes. we're not doing this. But of course, Fleabag did it, like reinvented it and was fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah. But I do, I did have like, oh God, no, don't, <laughs> don't, don't make this choice. No, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really interesting because I feel like, uh, there are very rare instances where I like breaking the fourth wall. I think Ferris Bueller Ferris does Bueller, it very well. I think there's yeah. there's a couple versions where um, where it's winky and it's playful and and it understands what it's doing and the tone has to be so perfect, right, for you as an audience member not to feel like oh don't talk to me you're 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 ruining this right like you're you're it's it's so. Yeah. And I guess, you know, the office does it well. They can just give a look to camera. They're not really talking, but because we know the cameras are there, whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I interrupted you. We were. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the documentary thing is included. Yeah. No, no. What, what I was going to say is, uh, it, I mean, it has to be acknowledged that uh, that Donald Trump has a cameo in this episode. Uh, it made me want to throw my television set out the window, um, but uh, he does. How is his awful. hair worse twenty years ago? I oh, mean, <laughs> what a I, loser! Uh, <laughs> I. You know, it's it's so interesting. I, I was talking to someone about this the other day, um, about how much I hate how infused he is in pop culture. Yeah. Um, because he he ruins things, right? Like on some level now, when I see him in this, I I have to sort of I have to put my brain into a, a mindset of okay, it was nineteen ninety nine. And and this guy was sort of a fucking punchline, but he was also kind of this weird thing that people aimed for. Like there was a type of dude that wanted to be the level of quote unquote fame or success that Donald Trump had. Like he was a persona that was kind of a thing that people wanted. Well, I, I but going back to 99, I mean, he didn't have The Apprentice, right, yet. So that he he just represented New York real estate, and so that is how they introduced Correct. the old the Ed character. He's a brand. Yeah, he just yeah. you know he's making a deal with him. It's kind of like Correct. I mean, look, like OJ was in shit too. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Which which ironically, I'm I'm rewatching uh, the People versus OJ right now, and and I mean the show's brilliant, but it it's got a lot of Trumpian components to it. Yeah. So, but I mean, he, so he was in movies and he would be in TV shows. And then after obviously what happened, it was so uncomfortable. I I mean, I don't know. I I would, I would cut Donald Trump out of that episode. You don't fucking need it. It's just a tiny downbeat. And then Ed walks over, you know? Yes, correct. I bet in the, I bet in the E version, you know, like the, the broadcast versions get cut down. Mm -hmm. Cut that out, man. Well, our our uh, our motherland of Canada cut him out of Home Alone Two, which uh, is still a, a point of pride, which I think is hilarious. Amazing. <laughs> See, that's a, that's but, that's what you yeah, do. It's totally doable. But but I I think it's worth saying, uh, and and then we this is the last we'll speak of, of okay. Donald Trump. That's certainly, please uh, um, in, in our this, lives in this miniseries, in our lives as yeah. well. But I, I guess it's worth noting. I I I, I put a. a, a a, a Twitter poll out there a few weeks ago about which which characters would have voted for Donald Trump, um, and I put uh, I put big I put uh, what's his face um, Samantha's boyfriend the rich guy whose name is escaping me right now in this episode uh, Richard Wright oh, oh okay yeah. oh, no 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 Richard just in Wright. general oh right I remember him and then and then Trey I put him on the poll as well and and understandably big one uh, by a, by a significant margin. Um, the reason I bring that up is because I think there is a little bit of a Trumpian component too big. As much as we might not want to acknowledge mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. he's built a little bit in the best possible version of a guy, of a real estate guy in New York at that time. Right. Ooh. I really don't. I'm like just. I, I don't. I, I, it's worth saying. I'm not. I'm not trying to paint him as Donald Trump. I don't think that he is nearly as right. as obviously odious a person or character. Yeah. But I think that there's just something about. I guess my point is, it's not a fucking coincidence that Donald Trump's in this episode, right? It's not a coincidence that at that time, to your point, brand wise, he was 
what he was, which was a, a, a real estate tycoon of sorts. And a lot of guys in that universe perhaps looked in. That's all I have to say. Okay, but I, I'm going to go. I'm going to. I am not going to give Please. them the credit okay. or him the credit that <laughs> okay. I think it is random that he's in this episode. Because I'll tell you, when you're trying to like stunt somebody, they were probably trying to get Donald Trump into any episode they could. And it just worked out. I don't think I'm not giving them oh, that sure, thematically sure, sure, sure. or story wise, they were like, we need Trump in oh. this episode. So I'm not, I'm not, a hundred percent. I'll give them a lot. I'm I, not giving, I didn't mean to suggest I'm not otherwise. Give them that. <laughs> I think this was the week he was available. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. No, I, 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 I absolutely agree with you. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's garbage. Um, okay, so the 70-year-old man named Ed walks up to Samantha at the bar yeah. and starts flirting with she's her. She's drinking a Cosmo. And she then has a conversation with Carrie mm-hmm. about... She's drinking a Cosmo, of course. Um, and she starts talking to Carrie about the fact that she's considering maybe dating this guy. I mean, how long could he be alive for? And maybe it's worth Can we go back to what um, he says to her when he walks up? Can I buy you a drink? Please, please, please. Can please, I buy you a drink? I already have a drink. Can I buy you an island? Okay, that's what he says. And then he says, do you come here often? And she said, that line is older than you are, which I like. That was good. Okay, sorry. Now we're, now we're back. No, no, don't apologize. I, the reason I, I – I guess my question to you is this. You know, Samantha's character, more so than any character on this show, is the high wire act, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, the, it's the hardest sort of balancing act of broadness and yeah. – character and making sure she doesn't tip into full-on caricature yeah. and i think that kim cattrall does a very 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 good job of walking that line I agree the the question i have for you specific to this storyline is that sometimes samantha can do things that you're just like 
it's that that are hard to like or that are hard to get on board with. And this idea of I'm going to sleep with this 70 plus year old man for the next eight, 10, 12 years because of the goods that I can get out of it financially or otherwise is a pretty morally bankrupt situation. What are your thoughts? I have no problem with it. (laughs) (laughs) That is the perfect answer. I I, 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 I just... I, I, I mean, sometimes Samantha's dating men 20 years younger than her, so it'll be a good lay or, or, or whatever. And then I think I was actually surprised how mm-hmm. taboo they made it seem that she would even consider it. Because if you think, right, right. I mean, not to talk about Trump again, but if you think of the women he super rich men date women mm-hmm. that are much, much younger because they can afford to do that. So mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of interesting that they went down that road and I, they, they sure. also, I guess also I'm looking at the housewives because there's this one housewife in Beverly Hills, Erica Jane, whose husband, uh, uh Girardi what's his first name anyway he's he's a he's a lawyer is like 30 or 40 years I think he's almost 80 yeah it's like 30 years difference and um you know the the, the other wives kind of give her shit sometimes but it's she she just kind of is like it's a different kind of relationship it's a different kind of love we take care of each other it's definitely more like father figure and I'm not going to get into what that means in the bedroom but I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I, what I, what I thought, I just thought that was a perfect little, I guess it's the C story. Um, it, it, you know, because it was like, I'm going to try this on for size. You know, I'm going to, she's tried other weird things. Why not try this where she gets something she wants out of it. He was nice to her. Mm-hmm. And until the moment, the reveal he said that his kisses felt good, his hands felt good, you know, it felt the same. So well, let me ask you this. I I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. And and I think that the the ass shot is the perfect way out of that storyline. Beautiful. By the way. Um perfect. It's could not be more perfect. Um but what were your thoughts on the dinner scene? Well, the dinner so scene basically, was really uncomfortable. Ed, the dinner scene yeah, was ahead. horrible. I mean, the dinner scene <laughs> Thank you. And the reason it's uncomfortable is because there's an old maid, literally old maid, who works for him, (laughs) who is in a uniform, who has to sit and watch this. And they cut to her, you know, as Ed is giving, she's opening up, you know, diamond necklaces and earrings and, you know, the old, the old maid is rolling her eyes because you know she's seen it before and she probably knows she'll see it again and why she still works for him I don't know it's so sad and obviously he's not going to have sex with her because she's old so there were definitely they're making a lot of comments there but again I don't know I didn't I yeah, it was it, it was definitely uncomfortable because of the old maid. I don't really blame Samantha 
for enjoying it. I don't know. I, I didn't, but this, but eventually when we, yeah, it's when we get to the ass, that's the story I have to tell you <laughs> that I have inside scoop okay. on the ass. Please, please tell us about the ass. This is the opportunity. If, if you're ready for it. Okay. So basically the director, Victoria Hochberg, she directed an episode of uh, notes from the underbelly. So mm-hmm. I got to meet her. She's really, she's really lovely. Very cool. She actually was an editor before a director. So um, I think it's a really well-directed episode and it's so clean. And I I think when she worked with me too, you know, when you're an editor first, you just understand all the shots you need because you know what you need in the editing room. So I think you see that um, as she's doing it. But anyway, so when we, we were sitting on set one day during notes from the underbelly, I had seen on her credits you know, that she had directed. I said, oh, what was it like to direct Sex in the City? And she said, well, I directed the one with the old guy with the horrible ass. And I was like, oh my God. And she said, yeah, she goes, it was, she goes, it was one of the worst moments of my life. And I said, why? And she goes, well, because the actor playing the guy, he wasn't willing to show his ass, right? So that's not that. Why? Why not? Well, because he's he he's an. It's like how you have a stunt double, okay. right? There's women who aren't going to show they an ass double. So sure. they had an ass double. So she said, "So imagine this casting session, right? She <laughs> is in a room, you know, with Michael Patrick King, and you know, yeah. eight old guys come in, drop their pants." <laughs> And they have to pick the worst ass. <laughs> so when you when you get the part, you've also lost because it meant. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was actually talking. Oh about it god, with, that's so I gross! I was talking about it with Hunter, and it's almost like actually the person with the second worst ass loses because they didn't even get the part. <laughs> But they were called in because their ass is so bad that you might get the part. Oh, I mean, that is the worst. Fuck. Yes. That's that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. That's the best audition story I mean, ever. There's nothing better. I mean, these poor guys, they didn't even, they weren't even there to play the part just to have the worst ass. So the minute I saw the ass, I mean, when I saw her name at the beginning, I was like, oh, right. And then, of course, when I saw the ass, I was like, oh, my God. Yes, I remember this story. It is it is a truly, truly terrible ass. I mean, it is it's it's a really bad. So that's what I I I have to imagine. I'm going to have to hope that the person whose ass it is, is maybe much older than the actual actor one would one would assume yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but it's i mean it's it's memorable like it's it's definitely probably in the top i would argue top 20 or 30 most memorable moments of the show because it's not just it's like this is a maybe a ridiculous thing to say but it's a perfect use of the medium right like you have a visual thing that is speaking to a story point and it's and, and it's it's making a deeper point. And yet at the same time, you're just looking at this, this sad, saggy old man's ass. It's really impressive. And she throws up, right? I mean, it's implied. It's, it's implied. Yeah, she runs. But I think she, yeah, but it, there's a little implication that maybe she throws up. Because 
with the maid catches her old maid catches her mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. said running out of the uh, yeah i think it was the food or whatever like it it, it there, there's a mind yeah. which i also like too <laughs> i like the idea that it made her throw up and also it's like <laughs> everyone has a line right and i just love that like well mm-hmm. there's the line not that's not nope <laughs> can't unsee that nope um it's so a little earlier uh yes. in the episode we get um miranda is at a bar she's drinking a glass of wine um she calls up carrie and is like hey where are you and she's like oh did you not get my message i left it on your voicemail Long story short, she's blowing Miranda off because Big wants to make her some veal. Miranda has the great line, you blew me off for some politically incorrect meat. Um, And she says to Carrie, it's always about Big. It's the same shit all over again. Nothing's changed. She hangs up the phone. She's upset. She snaps her flip phone shut. She snaps, yes. (laughs) Let's be clear. She does. Yes. Because at least you can still do that yes. with an iPhone. Or now you can't. What do you? You can't throw the phone. Yeah. You don't get that good like. Yeah. Snap. Okay. It's not satisfying no. in the same way as, as snapping Snap your phone, phone. Shot. Um, She she asks uh, the bartender for more wine, which is Steve Brady in his first appearance on the show. Um, there is a instantaneous chemistry between these two actors. Like they, these two characters and these two actors. Uh, I remember watching this episode for the first time and you, whether you're aware of it or not, or you're just like, who's that? Yeah. Like what, what is yeah. this? Um, and they had to know they had, you know, lightning in a bottle with the two of them. Um, I imagine instantly Steve has a great line where he says, please talk to me or I'll have to keep listening to those NYU kids with the Amstel lights discuss Fiona Apple. Yes. Um, I obviously, I am an enormous Fiona Apple fan, but it's a great line. So you, you related um, to the kids and, more than to Steve right in that moment, but sure. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. I mean, listen, I get it. Steve's reading Hemingway yeah. and, and is, you know, a, a disgruntled bartender. I'm sure I'd be pissed off at NYU kids talking about Fiona Apple as well. But, um, but it's it's an immediate sort of moment where he disarms her a little bit. He's able to kind of take the piss out of it. He keeps making her say thank you or making her say his name yep. in a playful way. Um, and then they go home together. They have sex. Two orgasms and she's, straight up. <laughs> two orgasms straight up. Um, and Steve is putting on his clothes. And she's essentially basically like, Get the fuck out. Like, she's essentially kicking him out and saying, like, it's okay for this to be a one-night stand, even though Steve is into her. Like, he's clearly making it, you know, right. making it seem as though he he is interested in her for more than this, even if she's like, thanks, great sex, and then, like, just says, like, get the Can fuck I out. Can I just add that in that moment where she's asking him to mm-hmm. leave, she's putting lotion on her hands, like her yes. dry old yes. lady hands. <laughs> <laughs> So she's like, I didn't see it that way, but, but okay. Like she's not even trying to be sexy. She's not even trying to pretend. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I don't need lotion on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> she's putting lotion on her hands. She's setting her alarm yes. clock. Like she's, she's like way past, like she's it's done great. With, for it's the night. Great. It's great. Yeah, so, it's so, that's it's such fantastic. a perfect, what a perfect character moment. So then the next day, or maybe a couple of days later, hard to say, uh, Steve shows up at Miranda's apartment and asks her out. Yes. 
and she is she is uh, unclear as to why he's there. Doesn't really get it. Is pretending as though like, but why? Like it was just for sex. Um, Steve then sort of kind of uh, navigates his way into plans that she has that night yeah. to meet up with Carrie and Miranda and Charlotte and, and Samantha at for dinner that she's invited Big to come to, and Big has said, "Sure, I'll be there." My, I, I'm not. I, I know that Steve had the best of intentions. I don't really love him really kind of needling and pushing his way into those plans. It's a little bit much, but it is what it is. He had to do it for story purposes. I, I, I kind of well, – the way I saw it was – and I thought they did this really, really well. And, and by the way, I think – well, we'll get to favorite characters, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. w- what's so lovely about their meet cute – is Miranda's literally at her worst, right? She's yes. like, she's like over men and dating. She's upset with her friend. She's being rude. You know, she's not even, she, you know, and he's, and he likes her for her, mm-hmm. for her at her, not even trying, not even working at it. So to me, it's like, it's set up at the bar that he's like willing to kind of break through the ice as it were with her. Then they do have great sex. So he's kind of gets a win because he's like, he knew there was some good stuff underneath it. Then she puts the wall back up. I think he's kind of going like, well, like, like I tried this before and was able to break through. I'm going to, I think he kind of has her number, which, which, meaning she he understands who she is and so that's why Mm -hmm. he he's like i'll meet you there he's not taking no for an answer i didn't find it like because he's so sweet and he's such a a beta like i'm not i'm not worried about her or anything and he knows like she's a woman who it's gonna be tough but I think I know what she needs mm-hmm. and wants more than she does. And again, I don't mean that to say it like he's mansplaining yeah. to her. I mean it like no, in totally. a relationship yeah. way. So even when she's like, okay, I'll meet you there at 730. And he's like, what time are you really going? You know, I just, mm-hmm. I love it. Cause I just think he's, he's persistent and he, he likes who she is and who she is, is, you know, she's tough. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I agree, and obviously, you know, as as we get a little uh, to the end here, she obviously pushes too far. But um, I agree with you. I think that I didn't mean to suggest that Steve was being uh, creepy, you know, yeah, creepy or weird or anything like that. Um, but it's it's a it's an interesting scene because again, it's Miranda pushing back and saying, you know, what are you doing here? Like, what is this all about? Right. And, and Steve being like, don't you get it? I actually like you. Like, what aren't you understanding about this? Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, we then get to, first of all, who goes to dinner at nine o'clock? Like that, that's insane to me, but that's, what are you talking there. about when you're, when you're young and in New York, that's exactly when you go to dinner. Still, that's, that that right. made me anyway. That made uh, so me they go to nostalgic. dinner. Then. That actually made me nostalgic for okay. the days when I would go to dinner at nine or ten o'clock. Yeah, when you're going out with your girlfriends or whatever. That's just sure. Old people. It's a different. It's a different life than I lived. Yeah. 
So, um, Big tries to bail on dinner plans with Carrie. She's understandably disappointed. Uh, she shows up at his place all, you know, all done up. And he's like, well, I just want to fucking not go. So she's disappointed. She goes and meets them for drinks. And Steve brings them mm-hmm. drinks. And and I think Samantha says, if you want a good drink, something about like, if you want a great drink, ask a bartender. And, and then Miranda says something about like, if you want a good leg, go home with one. Mm. And then he calls, he kind of pulls her aside and is like, why do you fucking hate men so much? Like, what have I done to deserve this? Like, I'm not a shitty right. dude. Like, I'm not full of shit. And Miranda's like, maybe I've just gone home with too many bartenders. So he's like, fine, fuck it. And yep. he leaves. And um, Carrie then tells him the Big isn't coming, which proves to Miranda that all men are shit. Like, it's all bad. It's all bad. And then Big right. shows up. And, of course, Charlotte's the one that says, here he is, because it needs right. to be Charlotte to be the one to, to point out. Um, the slow-mo was a little much for me, yes. but that's neither yes. here nor there. Um, but... Uh, it, it needs to be said that Big doing the bare fucking minimum does not make no. him a good guy all of a sudden. No, but because he already put her through the emotional turmoil. So exactly. showing up, again, it's the same as like, oh, I wouldn't say it to your face. What, the reaction yeah. to that, yeah. if you are str- a strong person, would be, hey, yeah. it's cool that you came, but you you already bailed on me. And that feeling of you bailing it still exists right now in my body. Like th- that's, but, and, yep. and also not only does she have to feel like he bailed, he said, I can't go. It's raining. She's got that disappointment. Then she has to go to her friends and act as if it's okay. You know, yep. that the, to me, the emotional turmoil of that is even worse is they've said from the beginning, this isn't a real thing. He's not a good guy. They're right. She has to mm-hmm. say, I was wrong. I mean, all of that, she's like on the brink of saying, and he shows up in the nick of time. That's why part of what I love about it is that that it helps Miranda's story more than it. It doesn't solve Carrie's problem. Mm-hmm. Him showing up does not solve Carrie's problem, <laughs> but it solves Miranda's problem no. and allows Miranda yep. to go outside and get Steve and have that amazing moment mm-hmm. in the rain and, where I, I, I cried because again I also know what's coming, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's just so it's she's allowing herself to believe in something is so nice. It's yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where first of all I, I absolutely agree with you. I do love the dual purpose of of big. It doesn't solve Carrie's problem with him or their relationship by any means, but it gives Miranda what she needs to go out and run in the rain and and, and kiss Steve, um, which I have to admit as corny and cheesy as it is totally fucking works um and i love miranda and steve they're probably my favorite couple on the show uh that or charlotte and harry i don't know but they're both great um i i I think it's also just sort of it, it it speaks to a recurring thing with big's character to your point of this emotional withholding until you've put carrie through the ringer and then you let her have what she's wanted all along, but on your fucking mm-hmm. terms is not good. And if I'm being honest, it kind of is the way the series ends. I mean, he runs to Paris to quote unquote save her, even though they're trying desperately to not make it look that way, which is understandable. And it's not that he saves her mm-hmm. necessarily, but it's that like 
he came to her, he ran to her, which is mirrors exactly this episode. So I'm not convinced that Big has grown or learned that learned that much. About they do it in the movie. That's the what they do the in the series. movie too, yeah. right? Yes. He puts her through yes. it. They're about to get yes. married. He gets cold feet, leaves her, mm-hmm. and then realizes, oh shit, comes mm-hmm. back and it's too late. You know, he's constantly bailing. Yeah. He's he's not a man. I mean, for yeah. you know, his name to be Big, he's the 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 most immature. The yeah, littlest. he's the most yeah. immature, yeah. and he also has like. Yeah. He has no real shit to deal with the way, you know, the minute I saw Steve, I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to lose a ball. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, all the other dudes have to deal with yes, real yes. stuff the way the women do. Yep. Big's the only one who kind of skates through. And then that's the whole thing is he he doesn't want to have to deal with anything. So he doesn't mm-hmm. let himself get hurt or get too deep the only the only thing that big ever has to really grapple with is the one the the hard episode where he has to have angioplasty um in i think it's in season six i i only bring it up just because if anything it underlines our point which is they created a thing to be like look we're unblocking his heart and then right 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 right, you know right when it's unblocked, he goes back to being the same fucking person that he was before. Um, I, I want to say one last thing about uh, about the end, the very, very end of this episode is Big and Carrie and Big turns to Samantha and says, hey, did you ever hook up with that old yeah. coot? <laughs> and and obviously Samantha is, is slightly mortified, I guess. Um, and the episode ends on Carrie and Big laughing. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, it's a testament to Sarah Jessica Parker and Chris Noth. Their laughter always feels incredibly yes. genuine. Whenever they're laughing. Yeah. And in that, it's in those moments that I'm kind of like, I maybe kind of understand. Oh, sure. Like, oh, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I mean, uh, you, they, uh, they do a great job. Look, we don't always fall for the right people. You know what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. and they, they show great moments with the two of them. And then obviously when she does her whole arc of a relationship with Aiden, you like it, but you understand why she's not fully in and she's still longing for big and then big gets married and how complicated that, like he, he's certainly not perfect or always, but, but yes, luckily they do shit like that. Cause you're still rooting for them. You know, and we're looking at it also, you know, looking back and and knowing more than they knew at that Mm -hmm. moment in the same way that I think like, I I don't think they knew Steve would be in season three. It's just they start going down the road Mm -hmm. like you do on any show and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, shit, they do have real chemistry. Let's keep this going. Right. They don't they don't when Steve shows up for that episode, I don't think they're thinking he's with us for the rest of the series. So they, you know, it's, it's, it's funny when you say that, cause it's the, the juggling act that this show does with, with Carrie and Miranda's characters of big is always looming, right? Like he's always there. He's always a presence, but Carrie still dates a whole, obviously a whole swath of other people over the course of the series, but big pops in and out at the perfect moments and they pick their moments perfectly. And they do the same thing with Steve, right? Which is Steve and Miranda never ultimately really consummate or, or they never get married until like the very end right. of the series. They obviously have a kid and the kid brings Steve in from time to time. But like, and I'm sure you know this better than anybody, but picking your moments 
over the course of a season is so vitally right. important because if you fuck that up, the relationship could be could be right. screwed. So it really is just kind of um, it's a testament to them understanding when to bring them in, when to hold them. That that is kind of brilliant. and it's weirdly it's bringing me back, and I think it's because we talked about that episode of Felicity, but obviously Felicity with the Noel Ben. Mm-hmm. I feel like they kind of played that out. They kind of did it wrong. Mm -hmm. Sorry guys. But like they just, they, they could have spaced out the moments longer because I think the fact that they managed to keep that big story going through the whole series Mm -hmm. is yeah. A testament to like, don't do too much too soon. Don't, don't let it get too far. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that for, for, for what it's worth, and, and I think the Felicity comparison is an apt one because I think that um, that show uh, had this stupid bomb go off in the middle of it with her cutting her mm-hmm. hair and ratings cratering and all these sort of things that they went running towards the thing they knew the audience wanted, which was put her back with Ben, like get her back with Ben. That's what we care about. Um and to your point, I think that had the hair thing not happened, had they been able to bring in other guys, right. Right. I think they probably could have done a better job of balancing that um, that love triangle or, or getting a little bit more juice out of it, I guess, is the better better way to put it. But Right, because I think that this – Sex and the City just does a really good job, especially with Carrie and Miranda's relationships. I'd say Charlotte, too, is that um, – mm-hmm sometimes you have you you have relationships with different people that you get different things out of you know and that it's rare that one person gives you all of it but i think that it's good that they manage to show because i'm even thinking about um i'm forgetting wait uh carrie dated that guy who wore like the hat was he a jazz musician (laughs) Oh, it was a jazz What's guy. It was terrible, the terrible. The jazz name. guy. Uh, Burko? No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. It's it? um. No. No. Hold on. Okay. Me, anyway, I'll, I'll figure but it. I'm but I'm saying, yes, like, I remember you were like, Ugh, "This guy's kind of a douche," but yet I under. She was like, "She's trying." Greg Berko. Oh, Greg, Greg Berko. She's just trying on. Yeah. No, but then who's the other guy who she had a long relationship with the black hair? It's not, it's not, um. Are you talking yeah, about Burger? I'm just saying Burger. You're yes, talking about Ron, Ron Livingston. Livingston. That's what I'm thinking of. Ron Livingston, Office Space. Yes. I, I just, I'm just saying it's like you're kind of trying on a yeah. different persona with different relationships mm-hmm. when you're, which is also why I think that people shouldn't get married before they're at least 35. If not older, because well, that's good. Yeah, then I'm, then I'm, I know. Yeah. I just am just because you don't know who you are yet. Like you just don't. You're not fully formed. I used to. I used to say it was thirty, but I keep moving it up <laughs> because because <laughs> I I keep. Well, I appreciate older. that as someone who is yes. over thirty five. Yes, I appreciate I just, that. It's just anyway. So I I think they did a good job of like you're you're just they're each trying to figure out who they are and what they need. Well. And I, I would also say to, to to piggyback on that a little bit, you know, I, I had uh, Cindy Chupak on to talk about her time on the show. And I asked her about, 
you know, what it was like writing Carrie with the different right. guys. And I think it's also a testament to a great writing staff when you're able to say, we need a guy that's going to bring this out in Carrie, you know, and, and this flavor out in the character, like right. understanding the, the, the rainbow of different things that exist within a character and being able to write another character to pull something out of them that we haven't seen before, I think is also, you know, yes. it's great writing. Yes. And it's also, you know, I guess like the Bechtel test or whatever. It's just that they're, they're not most things we watch the female characters are there mm-hmm. to service the men. And it's just so, Correct. and that's why I think this still holds up is that the male yep. characters are there to service the women and teach us stuff about them. That's why it's a perfect show. We have to end there. I mean, I don't know how you go past that. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 could, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you can go past. Well, I, I just need to ask yes. the one last yes, question. Yes. Uh, which is about your favorite character. Uh, who is your favorite character on the show and why? I, I think my favorite character, well, I, it's funny because I think, you know, back, back in the day you used to say who, like who in your group of friends, who are you? And everyone always wants to be the carry. Yes. But then like I, when I was talking yeah. about it with Hunter, it's like, no one gets to be the carry, right? You, you don't, no one gets to be the carry, the carry. <laughs> But, um, you know, I would love to have thought of myself because I'm a writer as the Carrie. But no, I mean, I think I mostly relate to Miranda. And I think my favorite has to be Miranda. I think I think she she's the most complicated. She's she is somebody who, you know, is a career woman who wants to think of she doesn't want to kind of believe in romance, but deep down she does. Um, you know, I think about that episode where I think she's in her house and she's eating and she chokes and she has to give herself a Heimlich. <laughs> it's in, it's oh, in it's this amazing. season too. It's yeah, it's earlier. Yeah. And oh, there's also, I don't know if it's the same season where she eats cake out of the trash, <laughs> but I, no, that's I later, but it's great to too. that too. Yeah. Or I have friends who can relate to that, or maybe I can. But I, I think she's just <laughs> she has the most. She she just goes on the biggest ride of all of them. You know, I think she has the most growth. I think I think she reacts um, to the other women and to the friendships in a way that I would. I think she's really sensitive. I think she puts on this like icy shell. But I think she's really yeah. sensitive underneath. I think I relate to that. She just has, to me, she has the most layers. So I, I'm going to say Miranda. She also, I, to, I mean, listen, uh, she's she's of of the four leads, she's definitely my favorite as well. I also think that Cynthia Nixon's delivery is well, yeah. so perfect yes. at times. I mean, it's just. There's there's a scene in particular that I often um, think about. It's one of my favorite scenes in in the entire series, which is uh, it's in season three. Uh, she finds out she's pregnant. Um, she goes for pizza with uh, mm-hmm. with Carrie, and Carrie talks about how she had an abortion mm-hmm. once. Yeah, and Miranda's considering having one as well. Yeah, um, and she and basically Carrie's like trying to convince her not to have a not to have an abortion, and she's like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to have Steve's baby. Pizza for everybody. <laughs> and there's <laughs> there's just something 
great about the way that she delivers things. I just, I, it's, it's just tremendous. Yeah, she's she really, probably she gets. Uh, I mean, minus maybe the reveal of the old man's ass, which was obviously a big laugh. I, I, I would probably, I would say I probably <laughs> laugh most at her deliveries. Yeah. yeah, I mean, K- Carrie's are. Yeah. She probably also gets the most jokes. Like Carrie's more attitude, and mm-hmm. uh, there's Samantha gets a there's a lot way too many puns for my for my taste. <laughs> but you also you get like even in that first scene with Steve where she's like, oh, so you're yes. funny, yes, yes. <laughs> You know, where it's just like, that's a line that on the page, whatever, but like when delivered by Cynthia Nixon, just it comes to life. She's great. Yeah, Yeah, she's great. Um, Well, thank you for doing this, Stacey. Thank you for coming on and talking about Sex and City. Uh, We look forward to having you on again for TV movies. I'm I'm always around. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm always happy for the break for my children. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.